0: Save your seat now at com. That's grow an email list.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. I just want to wish you an early congratulations for going for it, for thinking about it. Like, I'm so excited to cheer you on towards the finish line, which is actually really your starting line. Entrepreneurship should really come with a warning label because it generally comes with leaps of faith coupled with a lot of fear. I can remember that fear that came as I was planning and preparing to ditch my corporate salary and leave behind my 401k and I can tell you that it was borderline crippling fear. If you've ever had the desire to launch your own business or to take a side hustle and turn it into a full-time career, well, I'm here to champion you 100% of the way taking a side hustle to a full-time gig is an enormous and mostly scary undertaking, but also a huge adventure to finally go for your dream full steam ahead. So if you wanna leave your full-time job or steady income behind, whatever that might look like, to go for a different dream and goal and to launch or scale your own thing, there are a few important and smart steps that will make the transition A, way less scary, B, way more motivating, and see a whole lot more well thought out so that you aren't freaking out in a year if things aren't going well or a challenge crops up that you didn't quite expect. This episode is for those who feel sort of stuck between clocking hours for someone else when they'd really rather be spending that time and energy building something of their own. I know the temptation of just wanting to go all in right away, but Let's pause and walk through a few smart steps that you can take right now so that when it is time to quit your job, you are fully prepared for the leap and know exactly where it is you'll land. Are you ready? Let's get into it. I remember when I had the inkling of a desire to just finally hang up my corporate hat, which at the time was my Target red shirt and khakis. And by the way, if you work for Target today, you are so lucky that you can wear jeans and t-shirts because we had to wear like polos and khakis. I mean, just get that in your head. You're very lucky. But I remember that feeling of being like, okay, I don't want to do this forever. And I had this simultaneous adrenaline rush and a borderline panic attack And I knew that I wanted more freedom than corporate America and the ladder climb and all that it was providing to me. But I wasn't sure if I could make it on my own and how I'd make it on my own. Deep down, I knew I desired more of this creative outlet that pushed and inspired me every single day. But I wasn't really sure that I could make that into a sustainable career. And there's one thing I've learned about entrepreneurship. It's that it often lacks something that we essentially crave, which is certainty. So many times we look at entrepreneurs and think, wow, they were just so brave to just go for it, to go all in. But in reality, what we generally see as one celebratory post on social media announcing that big move behind the scenes, it required a ton of planning and time and thoughtfulness in order to be able to go all in on your side hustle or to start a business from scratch. I mean, in today's world of shiny social media posts and with our tendency to hide the ugly hard work required to actually make a living doing what we love, we often look at someone else's thousandth day and compare it to our own day one or day 20 or even day 75. And we think we should magically be where they are, but it's just not true. Most entrepreneurs don't just blindly jump in, cross their fingers and toes and hope that it'll all work out most burn the candle from both ends, pinch the pennies, and meticulously plan their escape route that leads them into the freedom that entrepreneurship affords. In fact, most of the entrepreneurs I personally know and have studied throughout my career, including the hundreds of women who I've interviewed on this very show, most began in a more typical nine-to-five job and felt this pressing on their heart to pursue something different on their own. They didn't go from corporate America to a dreamy home office with tons of leads and clients within a matter of days. It took a lot of dreaming and scheming and planning and thinking through different scenarios and it likely took lots of time to prepare multiple areas of their lives. Now, I also realize that some people are totally happy with their more traditional 9 to 5 jobs. This is not meant to make you feel dissatisfied or less than if you love the stability your job brings you. Like I fully get that we are not all wired the same way. And heck, I support it and understand that in the entrepreneurial space, sometimes leaders can make it feel like you should wanna up and quit your job and you can only be happy and successful if you start your own thing. Now, I know that's not the case and that there are so many beautiful opportunities for growth and passion and inspiration and working for someone else and providing your gifts in that certain business or industry. So please don't think this advice is for everyone and that I'm telling you that you must quit your nine to five and launch your own business in order to be happy. Like, heck no. If you love what you do, keep on at it and know that you're making a difference and your choice provides you an entirely different kind of security and freedom that is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So with that, are you ready to take a little journey back to the life of pre-full-time entrepreneur, Jenna? Well, I will never, like never, even if I wish I could, I will never forget what that phase of my life felt like. Like I remember it like it was just yesterday telling my parents these ambitions to transition into full-time photography. Like I was prepared for this news to be a shock because I had essentially landed my quote dream job out of college and had never taken a single art class in my life. And I mentally rehearse the conversation. Do you ever do that? Like where you're imagining like, okay, they're going to say, and then I'm going to say, and then they're going to say, and I'm going to say, and I mentally rehearsed like a million times, just anticipating every possible question and coming up with my answer, my response to help qualm my parents' fears. And truth be told, while I might've come across as confident, I was equally afraid and I didn't have a safety net to fall back on at the time. So let me just paint this picture at the time we're planning our wedding. Drew was let go from his job unexpectedly days before we got married. I had student loans, and so the stakes were high, and I had to prepare for the worst and hope for the best, and that's exactly what I did. I truly believe that there are two types of people, the ones who need to burn the ships to take the island and jump all in to light that fire under their butt to make it happen, or the other ones, like me, who need a well-thought-out backup plan and time to prepare, So regardless of which camp you fall under, I hope that these tips and tricks will help you to not only navigate tough conversations with the people who might be questioning your leap, but also to prepare you personally in a way that invokes confidence in belief that you're making the right decision for you. So first things first, let's talk about responsible logistics. What do I mean by responsible logistics? Well, take, for example, me planning for my conversation with my parents. What are the things your parents or a trusted mentor would question you about before taking the leap? If you currently have a salary and health insurance and a 401k, then you'll want to be sure that you can replace those things or that you have a plan surrounding those big topics before going full in with your side gig. If you currently freelance or work part-time jobs that don't provide these types of benefits, it's still smart to try and get a plan in place for your future and for your health, a.k.a. setting up retirement savings and health insurance if possible. I remember I had sat down with an accountant, like literally the same person I use to this day, and I hadn't even made a single penny yet. But I asked all of the questions about taxes and paying myself and what I needed to prepare for expense-wise, and it gave me the ability to start to plan out based off of what I would actually need with certainty. I also waited until Drew and I were married and he had secured a stable job to switch to his health insurance and had contacted an investor who my accountant referred to help me with the retirement piece. While these initial steps required an investment on my end, I totally acknowledged the importance of having a well thought out plan and it helped to give me the clarity to set the right goals of when I would be able to go full time. Now, let me just preface this by saying I am absolutely not a financial advisor, clearly, but I do want to share a few things that have worked for me and others who have led similar paths from corporate career to entrepreneurship. So when I decided I was going to pursue photography, I first made sure I was making the same amount per year in my photography business as I was in my salary job. Now, this is not totally necessary for everyone. In fact, you might not even need nearly as much as your salary pays you, or you might need more than it currently provides. So this is where determining your enough point becomes extremely crucial, and it's the first thing you should do as you prepare to eventually leave your nine to five. So for me at the time, the $50,000 salary was what we needed to pay bills, create a savings, pay off my student loans, and live comfortably. So my goal in my head was to attempt to match that, making it a worthy decision to go all in. So for the first few years of my business, I paid myself that same amount, even though my income was growing. It allowed us to save even more money to reinvest back into the business. And it kept us living under our means without changing the lifestyle we had grown accustomed to. I mean, we were still fresh out of college, newlyweds. We didn't need the extra money. And I'm personally like so thankful that that extra money didn't burn a hole in my pocket and that it allowed us to save. Because by year three, my business was bringing in six figures, but I continued to pay myself that same $50,000. So if you're not quite sure how much you need or what to shoot for, go back to episode number 312. I'll link it in today's show notes as well at jennacutcherblog.com. And I did a full episode about how to define your enough point. And it's totally worth listening as you begin to navigate what yours is going to look like. And remember, this is an entirely individual number for you, your situation, your lifestyle, your location. And so in short, Your enough point is just the overarching level of success that you can realistically achieve and would be pleased to reach and it covers your necessities. So this could be the same number as your current salary or maybe you could make 10K less a year and still afford your needs and desires just fine and be perfectly content This isn't a number based on emotion. It's based off of an actual equation that gives you the clarity of what you need to be shooting for. It's based on your values surrounding money, time, and effort. And it allows for you to say no to the wrong opportunities while preserving your best yeses for the things you value the most. So for example, if you could make enough money to afford your lifestyle and have the freedom to only work three days a week so that you could spend the remaining time with your family or traveling the world, then that might be your own version of enough freedom and flexibility might be the driving value behind your enough point rather than just a number on your bank account balance. My enough point has ebbed and flowed over the years and it's transformed with the different seasons of life that I have found myself in. All in all, your enough point should and will still take into account the amount of money you make because after all, we do need money to function and live comfortably in this world, but it can be helpful to think of money more as a vessel to fulfill your values than just some arbitrary achievement or number that you think you should be chasing. So ideally, your side business will begin to bring in or scale up to whatever that enough point number is for you that you've defined for yourself before you quit your other job. That's going to give you the confidence that you need to end your original income because you'll know that you'll have the ability to bring in exactly the amount that you want and need to fulfill your enough. A couple other things to consider when it comes to responsible logistics are your retirement savings and health insurance. There are good options for entrepreneurs for each of these, and it's important to research and seek out the best options for your specific needs and goals before choosing your route. And please, please, please don't just assume either thing can wait until you feel more quote, steady in your business. I think our brains often trick us into that thought that once I have X, Y, and Z, I'll start to save or create my plan. But any financial advisor will tell you that saving for retirement now, as soon as you possibly can, is absolutely going to be life-changing. It's the best way to start compounding those savings so that they multiply at the greatest rate for your future so that you can still actually retire one day. Now, I'm thankful because I'd gotten into the practice of investing into my retirement in the corporate setting because I realized that I didn't miss the money that I never saw. So while I missed the matching funds that I absolutely got in that setting, I took the valuable lesson and started to set aside money each year, maxing out the amount that I could set aside each time. We were also able to create a retirement program for my salaried employees, which was a big move as a small business and something that excites me because as a leader, for me, it's super important to give these opportunities to my team. And trust me, it took time to figure out how to do that, but I'm so glad we were able to. Now, it's wild to me that according to an article from CNBC, only 13% of small business owners and self-employed people participate in a workplace retirement plan. My thought is that it's because it's simply not a priority when so many pieces feel heavy and important in running a business, especially in the early days. And trust me, I totally get it. There is a lot on your plate as a business owner and plenty of things that could feel like priorities to invest in. If you can find a trusted advisor to help you set up either a solo 401k or a Roth IRA that you can contribute to every month, even if you're not able to max them out right away, Just contributing something will begin to set you up for a better future and the ability to retire comfortably someday. Remember, if it becomes a part of your habit and you have it auto draft the money so you don't even see it, it'll be set aside and your lifestyle will likely adjust to help that remain a priority for you. Now for us, health insurance was a major piece of the puzzle. With so many of my family members working in the medical field, and after being voted the most accident-prone person in my graduating class, I knew that having medical insurance was important for me to secure before going full-time. Keep in mind, this was a decade ago, so the options have absolutely changed around healthcare, but it's important to note that there are also a lot of healthcare plans and opportunities for self-employed people out there. Unfortunately, many of the options are very costly. However, health insurance is one of those things that's important to have. While we can plan and hope and pray to not have anything happen to our health, just in case it does, you want to be prepared with an adequate health care plan to help you pay for your medical bills rather than being slapped with an enormous hospital or doctor bill that takes years for you to pay off. For the first few years, we relied on Drew's health insurance, but once he joined the world of entrepreneurship, we obviously had to find a new way. I know healthcare plans vary state to state, but for any of you who live in the U.S., we've personally been a part of Christian Healthcare Ministries ever since I became an entrepreneur, and personally, we love it. It's a more budget-friendly solution for healthcare because it's not actually insurance. Instead, it's this cost-sharing system or co-op where members can submit their medical bills and costs and other members help to pay it for them. It's also an accepted form of coverage via the government, and a lot of my friends and family members have switched to it. An extra awesome piece of this is that you can also write off the amount that you spend on it each year since it's technically a nonprofit. Now, the blessing is we're incredibly healthy people, so we've only needed to rely on it for Coco's birth and this pregnancy, and our costs have been entirely covered throughout. It's astounding, and it's so beautiful to me that a generous solution like this exists, and it's helped so many people to be able to afford their health costs around the country, us included. You can totally take a peek at more information on CHM. We'll link to it in today's show notes. And I just want to note, too, that there are things that you have to adhere to to become a member of this co-op. You can learn all kinds of details. It's definitely not for everyone, but it's been a really great fit for myself and a lot of my friends in the industry. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Finally, one last responsible logistic that can be helpful to prepare before leaving your job is to make sure that you have some savings set aside. Now, I know that we already covered your enough point and what your side business should be bringing in before you go on full-time, but I'd also recommend putting aside any extra income that you can for a few months in order to pad your savings should an emergency come up. Now, I was super thankful I was able to save all of the money I had coming in from the photography business while I was working my full-time gig in order to build up my savings. Doing that allowed me to reinvest in the must-haves that I needed in order to launch my business and get it to a point that made me feel confident to make the leap. If you have a side hustle on top of a more consistent income, my best advice is to save every penny that side hustle is bringing in and wisely reinvest in the must-haves. Don't get used to that extra spending money or it will make it even harder for you to make the leap. Try to be conscious of setting aside as much money as you can manage to build up a savings account that will help give you the confidence to leap without worrying too much about money. The personal finance tracking app Mint advises that you save at least six months of living expenses before quitting your job. Now, I personally think that's a pretty conservative amount, but if you can save that much or already have that much in savings, then bravo, like by all means, go for it. But in general, I personally believe three to six months of living expenses should be plenty should any kind of emergency or slow season arise in your business. Now let's talk about some things to do in your side hustle to prepare to take it full time. Whether you're a coach or a consultant, a personal trainer or an artist, a course creator or a social media manager on the side, there are a few things that you can do to set up your side business to be successful before you take it full time. One of the most important steps you can take is setting up a few streams of revenue in your business. And while that might sound overwhelming, it's a way to ensure that you have more than one way to make money. After last year, we learned that the world can literally shift in a matter of days and we all need to be resilient and adaptable. It's much easier to be both of those things when you aren't reliant on just one thing to make an income having more than one way to generate money is something to be thinking of and planning for. It doesn't mean you have to have 101 different offers and the products and the services for your target clientele. In fact, I'd recommend just having at least three and trying to make each of them different price points so you can reach and serve more people and so that you have options based on the current market, the economy, or the needs of your clients. What that might look like is, say, for a health coach, you could offer one on one coaching as your highest investment level for clients. Then you could also offer a less expensive mini course about how to meal prep for a week. And then finally, your lowest price point offer could be something like a downloadable ebook or a PDF checklist that costs less than $50. These three offers provide a range of support levels as well as a range of payment opportunities so that you can offer your expertise to anyone, no matter their budget or how much help they might need. It also gives you the ability to market more than one offer for your audience, giving you a broader range to speak about as you focus on selling. Some other ways to add more revenue streams include sponsored content with brands you love or sharing affiliate codes for products that you adore or selling merchandise of some sort. Just keep in mind that selling products introduces a few new pieces of the puzzle, like figuring out where to host your shop, how to ship or deliver the items, but it can be an extra revenue stream once you sort out those details. These days, the ease of use makes it a lower barrier to entry in starting up other means to generate income. On top of multiple revenue avenues, you'll also want to be sure your email list is set up and warmed up. Did you know that Drew had an email list before he ever had a business name or a website? While he was working his nine to five, which was selling wine, we started an email list for him so that when it came time to launch his health coaching business, he'd have a list to launch to. We created a few simple freebies, at home workouts, our grocery list, the foods we prep each week, and he started to share them on his personal accounts. Not only did this grow his email list, but it also gave us indicators on what people actually needed, and it helped us develop his business idea and model around what people were actually looking for. Trust me when I say one of my biggest business regrets was waiting years to start my email list. You want to have an email list up and running well before you leave your full-time job so that you can be speaking to and engaging with your target audience, aka turning them into a warm audience that knows and trusts you and that will be more willing to buy from you too. If you create an email list that is focused on serving before you have anything to sell, you're building an audience that will be eager to support you when the time comes to launch. I have tons and tons of resources about starting and growing email lists if you ever need any help in this area because spoiler alert, it's one of my favorite marketing tools ever, which I have a feeling you know if you've been here around these parts for longer than five minutes. I'm straight up obsessed with email marketing and I always want to make it as easy as possible for people to get started because I know it can feel and seem so complicated before you actually dive in. So if you go to com and use the little search bar and type email list, a bunch of blog posts and podcast episodes will pop up with info on how to start, how to grow, and how to serve an email list. Episode number 369 is all about how to start an email list, even if you don't have a business yet, and it's a great one to begin with. I also have a free one week challenge that you can join anytime that'll walk you through how to start your list and get 250 plus subscribers within a month. You can find that free mini course at listbuildchallenge.com. That's listbuildchallenge.com. And you can begin growing your email list today. Now, I always say this, but it's important. Email lists are the best way to build a strong community and connect with your target audience. I consider social media like the hello, the handshake, the how are you doing? But email marketing is the long walk on the beach and a candlelit dinner. Like it's where you can speak directly to your audience, share important stories, wins and lessons. And it's a spot where you don't have to compete with literally thousands of other voices, all of social media. The marketing gurus behind OptiMonster shared in a blog post that for every $1 spent on email marketing, $44 are made in return. That's a pretty big deal if you ask me. Plus, 59% of people say that marketing emails influence their buying decisions. So the bottom line is, if you aren't emailing your target audience and focusing on your email list, you're probably not optimizing your reach and your revenue as effectively as you could. As for transitioning from nine to five life to work from home for yourself life, there are a few things you might want to consider. For starters, make sure you have a place in your home that you can actually focus and get work done if you don't have a dedicated office space outside of the house. Now, it doesn't need to look like a gorgeous Pinterest worthy home office with a dedicated room and desk and workspace, but you should at least try your best to set up somewhere productive and conducive for getting into your flow state when you sit down for work. My first office was in our spare bedroom of our apartment. We fit our desk from college in there and I added a few photos and motivational quotes and voila, I was officially someone who worked from home. Now, as many people have transitioned into the work from home lifestyle over the past year, a lot of the challenges that we encounter while working where we live and living where we work pop up. There are ways to combat the challenges to allow you to be productive and efficient while working from home. Things like limiting distractions as much as possible, like TV or even your cell phone. It also means setting up somewhere that's comfortable, but that keeps you wide awake. Trust me, there have been too many times I've attempted to work from bed and ended up taking a little cat nap instead. So setting up at your kitchen table or a desk if you have one is much more effective and conducive to productivity. Take it from me. There's also this funky transition period where your brain is constantly like, what in the world are you even doing? After you leave your full-time job to do your own thing, you've got to be prepared for that mental flip-flop game. It's really important and helpful to just know that it's going to come. And when it does, you know how to respond. Like, think about it. It's likely the first time in your life where you're not getting consistent feedback from authorities and you're in control of your fate. Knowing that straying from the societal norm of working for a corporation is not a bad thing and that doing something different and starting your own business doesn't mean in any way that you failed or you weren't cut out for that other corporate life. You might be overwhelmed by the freedom of your days at first, and that's completely normal. I remember when Drew would come home from work and he'd wonder out loud why he didn't unload the dishwasher or do the load of laundry in the laundry room, but I had to set up boundaries for myself to separate work and life and to stay focused. It's important to figure out what that balance will look like for you as you begin your new full-time endeavor. Focus on figuring out what times of day are most productive for you and what your preferred work style is. Like, for example, batch working might not be your thing, but instead you might love time blocking. Maybe you prefer to take calls on Mondays and do admin work on Tuesdays and then leave Wednesday through Friday for client work or project expansion. Lean into those habits that work best for you and pay attention to what isn't working. You're going to have the full freedom to choose your schedule and your routines. And that, my friend, is a beautiful thing. Now, last but not least, enjoy this time as you prep for something so big. I know it might sound cliche, but every moment of preparation matters and is leading to something so, so incredible. Going for your dreams is a massively big deal and doing your due diligence to get there and secure your finances in future means that you have to have the wherewithal, the gumption and the endurance to really rock this entrepreneurship life. Now I'm not going to lie, getting your ducks in a row is no easy or even quick task. It might take you six months, a year, even longer. But if you can prepare well and wisely, you'll feel so much more at ease and confident when you finally do feel ready to step away from your nine to five. And when you do, then it is go time and your past work life will feel like a distant memory in no time at all. I just want to wish you an early congratulations for going for it, for thinking about it. Like I'm so excited to cheer you on towards the finish line, which is actually really your starting line. Anyways, I know you can do this and do it well. And I hope that this episode helps prepare you to have the confidence necessary to not just make the leap, but to stick the landing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast.